Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a very, very important episode of Big Apple Hockey because we have a lot to discuss today. Alexander Ovechkin passing Wayne Gretzky. Did it happen now? Yeah, yeah. actually, he did pass him on something just last night. Also, uh, Ilya Sorokin as a Vesna candidate, but we got a bigger story to talk about. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, who has been hopelessly addicted to God of War Ragnarok. And I am joined by a Mr. Anthony Larocco. Yeah, and uh, happy birthday to uh, the man you're about to announce. Um, hopefully he enjoyed his day. But yeah, it's a good show that we got on tap for today. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's why I had to go over here. Without further ado, we have to wish a happy birthday to our own Mr. John Fulkowski. We got the balloons for you right over there. And the happy birthday, Phil Banner. <laughs> I was about to say, just as long as you guys aren't singing to me, I, I think I'll be good. But um, another year around the sun and probably another game that'll lead me one step closer to probably keeling over and dying of cardiac arrest with this team. Can't well, wait for that. fortunately, I drink a lot to begin with anyway, so the Rangers aren't forcing me to drink as much mm. as you'd think. But that is actually where we're going to begin because first I have to say, after most Ranger games, we've been busy. It's been the holidays, guys. Sorry about it. But uh, you get either the John Fulkowski final buzzer or you get the 60-second reviews on Instagram with me. And uh, you can always check out more articles at BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com. But try to get more of them on there. And actually, I still got two more of these trucker hats. Uh, they are available if you click the link. They're only this type, the blue one. But we're going to be getting more on that because after our last show guys we said the rangers gotta win that last game on their on the road trip they can't lose a, a game to anaheim and be their first regulation win well they lost in regulation became their only regulation win and then they blow three nothing leads to the oilers and a two nothing lead to the devils and lose in regulation they fail to get a point in the last three versus the worst team in the NHL and two teams they had multi-goal leads on. Filk, is, is after this 0-3 week, is this the precipice of their season or is it just a speed bump? I, uh, I don't even know anymore. I thought I'm, I always thought of myself as somebody who might have somewhat of an answer to things, not that I know everything because I, I, I don't. I really don't. But the one thing I will say is whoever designed that or whoever came up with that no quit in New York um, hashtag, they can't use that this season because this team does nothing but quit. It, it, the coaches quit on the players. The, the, the players have quit on each other. The goaltender is this short of quitting on the team. And, and himself. And, and himself at this point, he, he's smashing sticks in practice over goal, over soft goals that he's letting in in practice. He, he's there's there's nothing to this team. I don't know what I, I there's no identity. So whatever they're striving for, it, it's it's a complete crock of crap. Um, I, I just don't get this. The last time I saw a team play like this or this team rather they were trying to get David Quinn fired and they were successful in that, as we can see. But now you have the coach throwing the players under the bus saying, figure it out. You know, it's on them. No, no, no. Gerard, 
sack up and be a man and be a coach and be a leader because you're not a leader. You're not. And you've, you haven't shown any reason as to why every single fan of this team shouldn't want you fired, shouldn't want you on a taxi cab out of wherever the next game is after tonight. I mean, a taxi cab would be something nice. I, you know what? A rundown Uber would actually be something nice for him at this point. It's a joke. This is a complete joke. You, you, have, you have Jacob Truba telling you that, oh, I'm going to play. You can't tell me that I'm not going to play. And when you're hurt, what are you, what are you, Gerard? Are you a clown? Are you running Barney and friends over there? Is everybody going to get together and sing Kumbaya around the fire pit, roast some damn s'mores, and everything's going to be A-O friggin' K? Is that what, is that what it's going to be? We're, we're going to continue to send out Power Play 1 and, and, and have them do the same stupid things over and over again? Oh, they're her. Let's force this cross-eyes pass to Mika Zibanejad that everybody knows coming because he thinks he's Alexander Ovechkin and he's not. Great, because because that's working. Oh, Adam Fox, how about you pass the puck some more? Nobody nobody knows that you're not going to shoot. That that's definitely not a problem. The team speed is definitely not a problem. Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere have both been here for multiple seasons now, and I haven't seen one, and I mean one, noticeable stride in their straight line skating and their speed. Not one. Capo Caco has pretty good edge work, I would say. I mean, he's pretty hard to knock off the puck. That, that's a plus, right? But he's he's sitting there making two to three moves, going around and around in a circle like Matt Barzell. But the difference is, is that Capo Caco isn't the playmaker that Matt Barzell is, and he isn't the skater. So instead of, you know, taking the puck to the net, driving to the slot and getting to the high danger areas and firing shot off, he's doing God knows what with the puck. And that's why the points aren't piling up for him. And Alexi Lafreniere... You're, you're, you are first overall draft pick, and I get it. You went through an idiot coach, and now you're dealing with apparently another idiot coach. But show some spine. Show why you were a first overall pick. Show us something that gives us some sort of hope that one day you will be a point-per-game player that can be this team's franchise player. Because the guy wearing number 10 is playing like a chicken-shit coward doing nothing at five on five he's been an albatross at five on five you went how many games without a point at five on five how many games without a goal Mika's a shot on net one doing nothing at five on five. Oh, and then don't even talk to me about casper the friendly chris Kreider because i'm, I'm not even going to call ghost ghosts anymore i'm going to call them chris Criders because that's what they are they're they're chris Criders. they're not ghosts chris Kreider is the thing that disappears and walks through walls apparently because he doesn't know how to go to the high danger areas anymore. He doesn't know how to work his ass off anymore like he used to. You know what? I, I just I, I don't see where the production is coming from with these guys anymore. And then you have the coach continuously putting out guys like Jimmy Vesey on your top line. Hey, ding dong, moron. It hasn't worked. It's not going to work. Stop doing it. Stop. If you want to tank for Connor Bedard, yeah, that's great. Then go ahead and continue to do this. Because by all means, I'd love to watch him screw him up too and turn him into a third-line checker. Oh, that's going to be a ton of fun. Oh, no, no, Phil. No, he'd be on the fourth line and he'd have to earn his ice time. Oh, because oh, oh you know what? That's oh, what you, oh. 
Oh, That's what you got to do. You gotta, they got to earn their money. Why does Ryan Carpenter guys. continue to play? What does this guy do to do to give anything to this lineup? Win faceoffs? That's great. Why don't we go get Luke Lendenning instead, a guy who can actually still somewhat play the game of hockey and actually wins faceoffs at an even higher clip? That's great. And at least he's a good penalty killer. Ryan Carpenter isn't good at that. Not, nothing is right with this team. Something has to change. And if the idea is to tell the players to grow a pair and to step up, then the coach is lost. And then the coach doesn't deserve his job at this point. And it's sad because I, I was so high on this guy and I, I, I never understood what, like, why he got fired unceremoniously from three different locations mid-season each time. Do you know how hard it is to fire a coach mid-season? Do you know the shuffling that has to be done to make that work? And especially I mean, one that you have under contract for at least two more years? I don't get it. I don't get it. But he was fired unceremoniously from his last two stops after leading his teams to successful seasons. What does that tell you about this guy? It's happening for a fourth time. Actually, sorry, a third time because Columbus, he wasn't successful in Columbus and no one could have been with that roster. But that's besides the point. It's happening for a third time and there's nothing, and I mean nothing, that is going to stop this other than a change because this team doesn't have it. They don't want it. They don't care. It's like the country club vibe from the early 2000s with this team all over again. Show up, collect a paycheck, go home, party, drink, and enjoy the NYC nightlife because that's what it is. That's what it is. I've been saying for how many weeks now, Mark? How many weeks now that this team is 92-93 all over again? Uh, about about five weeks at least. Five weeks? What is it? Five weeks? <laughs> Bring in Barry. It is time. I don't care what anybody says. And the people that tell me that he's going to coach like he coached the Islanders don't know what they're talking about because they didn't watch him coach in Washington when he had the ability, he had the firepower to have an offense. Well, It's time. It has to happen. Well, first off, kudos to Phil. He went a solid nine and a half minutes right there. Uh, so I, I, I would, I was hoping to step in, but I got to turn it over to Mr. LaRocco first, Anthony, there's, there's like times where you have to throw down some discipline, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, novel kind of, concept, right? He, he, you know, he summed up everything that's, that's really going on. Um, you know, and for me, the big, the big thing that it sticks, that jumps out of the page is that it does look like they quit. You know, when you when you blow a three nothing lead to the Oilers in the third period, and then a two nothing lead to the Devils, it just shows like once once something goes wrong and they give up a goal, they say, "Oh, here we go again," and they just deflate, and the effort just you know di- you know just disappears. And look, you know, as I said, uh, it was yesterday. All things aren't lost. I mean, there are two points behind Pittsburgh for the last wild card spot, but so it's not like the end of the world, but it's just the point that they're even in this position. You know, everyone thought they would be, you know, top of the division here they are, you know, struggling. So, um, 
you know, there's a lot of things going on. I, I do think they don't have a spine. You know, Leon Dreisaitl skating by Jacob Truba and knocking the stick out of his hand and no one doing a goddamn thing. I have seen um, in a very long time more yeah. disgraceful than the Tom Wilson incident. Yeah, it's and how no one did anything. I mean, I, I could tell you, you know, if someone did that to Anders Lee, not only would Lee probably say something, someone else on the ice would have stuck up for him and, and took umbrage to it. And no one on the – Truba would have ran somebody. So wait, wait, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Let me just throw this one out there because I did throw this one on Twitter. It, it, two minutes remaining in a game, that would be the time to just go up and go. And you just lost a three-goal lead and gave it up the go-ahead goal with two minutes remaining. That's the time to go make a, a stink about it? Yeah, it doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter. I know they don't. Point. You yeah. have to. And you know what? If anybody complains about that, then then watch them complain when nobody does anything about it and uh, players just start taking runs at the guys. You know what? Jacob Truba is supposed to be the, this this captain. What it shows is that this leadership group is not good enough. And it is what I said when they gave him the captaincy. And before that and before that, that this leadership group was not good enough. They weren't. Nobody on this team was worthy of a captaincy. And that just proved it right there. Game over. Exclamation point. End of story. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta throw my two cents in there too because I did it Monday night. If oh my god, as uh, as a sinuses was starting to hit me. Uh, hold on, guys, I'm gonna pause. Somebody else talk for a second because I gotta mute my phone. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it, there's a couple different issues at hand here. You know, um, and one, a bit, one of which, you know, last season. Igor Shosturkin was playing like, you know, Phil had mentioned, you know, peak level Dominic Hasek. You know, this year he's at a 913 save percentage, which that's a big difference. And you're 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 seeing it. Um, he's not dominating like he did last year. Number two, Kako and Lafreniere. They're not they're not producing points. And that and that hurts. Look, they're not the reason why the Rangers are losing games. But by any, they're not making like, you know, egregious turnovers that are causing the Rangers to lose. But come on, guys, having 10 and 8 points respectively, I mean, that's just – that's Not just bad. It comes down to usage. It Mark, comes down to usage. That's what I've been saying all along. That goes back to the it's coach. Not, that's the problem. It goes right back to the coach because the coach is the definition of insanity, doing the same damn thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Why do you continue to put Jimmy VC on the top line when you have two top two overall picks that you said? The very first thing he said is that these young kids were going to come in, get ice time, and they were going to develop. And what has he done? The exact polar opposite of that. And he's putting Jimmy VC there. And Barkley Goudreau on the second line, too. Why is Barkley Goudreau out in a, in a situation where you were down by a goal or more with under five minutes left? Why is he out there in that situation? Why? And why is he an extra attacker when the goalie's pulled? I want to know that. Now, and by the way, even though I think one of those times it worked, but still, um, going further into that, you're talking about 30 minutes of ice time to Adam Fox in a game in November without overtime? Are you kidding me? There's no reason for that. Oh, no, no, no. There actually is a reason. The captain has been dog shit. Yeah. Because he's hurt and refuses to sit, and the coach doesn't have the balls to sit him. I mean, look, we've been saying this for a while. And and first up, by the way, to, to get what I was saying before, if you watch my 60-minute – or sorry, 60-second recap, uh, the Rangers are dead. The Rangers are – this is done. Now, 
Well, I'm going to get to the second part of that. Can they be fixed in a moment? But th- this team, this is it, as far as it goes, like this, they they have to sit Drake Jacob Truba. If not healthy, scratch him. And I do that the healthy scratch. You got to send a message. You got to send a message that this 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 isn't this isn't what you should, are supposed to be doing. Especially if you're a Stanley Cup contender, like people thought they were coming into the season. Now, is it because could last year have been some fool's gold? Maybe we should have thanked Pittsburgh for uh, they should have finished the Rangers in five, but instead they choked like dogs three times in that series. No, oh, that's, that's a different team. that one. That's a but, different team. This roster yeah. is so poorly constructed. And and you know what? You want to let, let's even out Strom and Trocheck because that that's we'll, we'll call that a wash. Although we'll it's a we'll call that a wash. But the you Rangers. still lost Vetrano, you lost Cop, you lost Mott. You lost a guy on each uh, on three of your four lines that could really really help this team out. And and that's a big thing. And and that's got to be on one Chris Drury because you, you traded away Pavel Buchnevich for one of those guys that came back in Sammy Blay, and that was just a horrible deal. I'm not going to beat that dead horse, though. Uh, and two, on Jeff Gorton, because you gave shit contracts to guys like Chris Kreider, who doesn't deserve the deal that he has, doesn't at all, and Jacob Truba, who you bid against yourself for? If yeah. $8 million was the ask for Jacob Truba Three years ago, that was his camp's ask. You should have turned around, said, hey, you know what? We can't push this rebuild as far quickly as we'd like to and just sent him elsewhere. Sent him elsewhere. Because you wouldn't have an $8 million waste of ice time on your team. And you could actually go and improve your team right now without having to worry about cap space. Well. I'm, I'm glad you said that because right now, here's the real question. Now, Anthony, let's start with you. And especially being a man on the outside and that smile was way too big on your face as you were hearing us in this segment. <laughs> but um, Anthony, can, can the Rangers be fixed right now? Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, they're it's, it's still relatively, relatively early. It's not December yet. And they are only two points uh, behind Pittsburgh. So that's plenty of time, but there are some fundamental issues that are the bigger problem that need to be addressed, um, mainly Gerard Gallant and his coaching. I mean, it can be fixed if Chris Jory made a move, but I don't think he's going to at this point. I think I think unless something goes, you know, they really spiral down the hill where I'm, I'm talking, you know, lose eight in a row. Um, I don't I don't see him being removed. Uh, him being removed, I think, would 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 help a lot. Um, and then also. I, I I think that, you know, if Igor Shesterka could start to regain his form from last year, that, you know, that will help a lot too. So um, it can be fixed. Like I said, there's plenty of time, but there are legitimate things to be really worried about. Um, it's you know, time I mentioned that he's been held accountable. Yeah, well, yes. Um, I mentioned Lafreniere Kako and Mark. I mean, the only thing I disagree with is, I mean, yeah, usage is big. And I get that, you know, Ranger fans were excited about them because they were first, second overall. So some mm-hmm. some don't want to, like, criticize them or whatnot. But you you, all, you also have to put onus on the players. I mean, Lafreniere yeah. hasn't, has not improved his skating. And he's got eight points, Mark. I mean, there there are a bunch of fringe players that have more points than that. Regardless well, of usage. Goudreau for one. He hasn't, he hasn't been good. And it's hurting, it's hurting the team. He needs, he needs to be better. Um, 
you know, do the do the most you can with the ice time you get. Force the coach to give you to play you more. But you got to be productive. And and he's not. And I know you don't want to criticize him, but it's true. It's 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 absolutely true. You know, devil uh, fans. No, that's that's a valid point, Anthony. I'm not I'm not fighting you on that one. I I do have to say the coaches aren't putting him in in situations. But twelve and a half minutes a night. Twelve and a half minutes. Let's say they fix it. Let's say they fix it. And they, they get back to, you know, winning games. But, you know, Igor is Igor again, and they, they get back to winning games. What's the difference between this year's team and last year's team then at that point? Because the five-on-five five play was atrocious. The right-wing production was non-existent last year. And they were getting outworked in a lot of games, and Igor was bailing them out for the first half almost into February by the time that they started winning games convincingly. This, this, yeah. this team – there is more than just needing to be fixed. Something is completely wrong with this entire group. And I, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm not even sure if that this team can win a Stanley Cup as constructed, even with those two, Kako and Lafreniere, taking the next steps. Because they don't – this team just doesn't have the spine. They don't have the heart. They don't have the balls. You're all a bunch of frigging cowards. That's what you are. You are cowards. You are spineless, you are gutless pukes that disgrace the Ranger name. That's how pissed off I am with this team. Completely disgusted with the way that this team is played. It's disgusting. If a coaching change has to motivate you to actually start playing, then you know what? It's not just the coach that's the problem. It's the players that are the problem, too. Oh, man, I, I, I have no way to follow that, Phil. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> other than saying, once again, you got guys at your point. You know what? This comment here actually yeah. might be might be dead on, the, on here. Yeah. Dolan might have ruined this entire thing by trying to force things and speed them up. Instead of just going scorched earth and letting everything just take its time and run its course, they wanted instant gratification because that's how it's got to be at Madison Square Garden, right? Like I, 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 and I don't understand it. I, I, I really don't. You had a chance to do something special. And you, you just – you had to be greedy. You had to stick your hand in the cookie jar. And now you're showing that you got caught because your best forward is on the other side of 30. Your second best forward are, is on the other side – is going to be approaching 30 very soon. And your third best forward is on the other side of 30. And he's a lazy piece of shit. So <laughs> you're gonna have the, the president of the fan club. That one hurts. But Mark's, uh well, you know what? Show Tyler. up and play. Show up and play. Stop <laughs> sulking that you didn't get the captaincy and show up and play. That's yeah. It. And and I have a feeling that it, it's not as much of a burden on him that he didn't win the captaincy, but you know, still. You know something? Uh, we're gonna move on because we got a lot. We got we do got a lot. We got to cover tonight. And uh, if what are you guys thinking? I know you're all commenting right now. Everybody's doing a great job with that. Keep on commenting. Keep the the therapy session that we need going. And uh, we're gonna turn our attention over to yep. No, no, no leadership. I, I, I meant to hide the comment, but that comment is yeah. Um, but also just, by the but but also by the way, a, a simple healthy scratch on Truba would send shockwaves. Through the team. Yeah. Just ask her Brooks on that one. But also, and, let me and, just say this before I conclude it. Uh, Gerard Gallant is sort of like uh, adrenaline or a muscle. It You can't exist on adrenaline or a muscle the entire time. Where's the structure on this team? 
There yeah. is no structure, and that's the problem. He's not an X's and O's guy, and this team needs one and a disciplinarian. And yeah. I, I, now that I'm I'm done ranting here, but yes. thank you all for wishing me a happy birthday, by the way, <laughs> whether it was in the chat or on Twitter or on Facebook or in the group. I, I saw it all. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it, everybody. I really do. Thank you. Anthony, in writing, we call that a juxtaposition, how folk just went from one end to the other. All right, going over to the other uh, the other team in New York right now, the New York Islanders. They went 3-1 last week with wins over Edmonton, Philadelphia, and Columbus. They did lose to Philadelphia last night on ESPN+, Plus, a game that was besmirched with lots of errors. And I'm not even talking about anything that happened on the ice because, as usual, ESPN is trying to ruin hockey. So, um... Because, I mean, I, I had a 50-second freeze on, on the game that I was watching, Anthony. But plus 16 goal differential. They're tied for fifth in the league right now. And your boy, Ilya Sorokin, 49 saves shutout versus the league's leading scorer. He is emerging as a Vesna Trophy candidate. I'm going to uh, shoot up the big numbers in a second. But, Anthony, take it away. You got all the other stuff you sent me today. Well, first, uh, yeah, won four in a row. I was disappointed with their effort in in, uh, in Philly last night. Um, you know, Philly's lost ten in a row. They just played them, uh, and they, they were bound to win a game. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry about it, sulk about it too much. Um, you know, it is what it is. But now they're gonna be coming home on Friday, and they got Nashville again on ESPN Plus, their second game in a row uh, on streaming. Um, oddly enough, they're zero two so far when they play on ESPN Plus. So hopefully, they break that trend on Friday. But um, yeah, overall, you know, pl playing good hockey. Uh, Matt, Matt Barzell continues to produce points. Brock Nelson scored his 11th goal the other night. He's hot. Uh, and as you mentioned, Ilya Sorokin, um, you know, you're showing the numbers there. Um, he's, you know, he's been he's been outstanding for them. Um, you know, he's he's second behind Linus Olmark in safe percentage. Olmark's at 935. Sorokin's at 933. Um, you know, Olmark has faced like 65 shots less than Sorokin. Um, you know, so he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely, uh, there's no question about Vezina candidate. It's whether or not he, you know, he's the, he ends up being the, the winner. to be the winner right now. Um, and like something like some of the other goalies this year who have been considered in the mix, like Thompson, Ettinger, Hellebuck, they've been at the top, they've gotten shelled, you know, their save percentage dropped. And like, for instance, Hellebuck had a shutout last night. So now his numbers are a lot higher again. He's at 931. Sorokin's pretty much been there the whole time. He's been steady in his play. Um, you know, and he faces the, he's faced the third highest amount of shots in the league right now for starting for goaltenders. So his workload is, is very high. Um, and he just makes, you know, ridiculous saves look routine sometimes. Um, I can't really say enough about him. Uh, I know a lot of people anticipated this when he finally came over from Russia. Um, you gotta know, you know, unlike his counterpart, Chesterkin, who had some time came over a year ahead of time, time in the AHL. Guy came over, went in the bubble, wasn't allowed to play at all, then had no preseason the following year. So he's he's arrived. He's arrived, and uh, he's the Islanders MVP. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I really I really can't say uh, enough about his play and what he does for this team. So, uh, when you know, when he's in the net, you're confident that you're going to get a win. Um, you know, he gave them the opportunity to tie the game last night in the third period. He made a couple of real good saves in a row. Unfortunately, they couldn't get the tying goal, but – um, you know what he's going to give you, you know, every night. So, uh, like I said, I, I, you know, I can't say enough good about the guy. I think the one thing I'm going to say before I turn it over to Philk is, and I said this to you, 
all those numbers you were quoting me today, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not surprised about a single one of them. I, I, the way that I look at it with him, is just very simple. He's this good. That's, it's just that, that, that's what was to be expected. Now, these are like the numbers that Sisterkin was putting up last year. The goals against is a little bit higher, but that's about it. Uh, the save percentage, a little bit lower than where it was at this moment, but Sisterkin was on another chart. Sorokin, everybody always said this, this, this guy was this good. So I'm not surprised about anything. And you, t- you talk about that stick save he made on St. Patrick's Day against the Rangers last season. That's that's just the tip of the iceberg with him. He's made a bunch of great saves, including uh, the one against St. Louis, which probably just gave the Islanders the win that night because St. Louis was trying to make a comeback. And if, when you get goalies that make saves like that, as a forward, you end up just being demoralized, thinking, what the hell else do I have to do on this guy? So, you know... I, I I think right now I'd put Allmark ahead of him only because Allmark's numbers are are unreal. By the end of the season, we might be talking about another New York goalie with a Vesna trophy, Mr. Falkowski. I, I I mean I could see why you would say Linus Allmark. I mean he's 13 and one with a 9.35 save percentage and a two like his numbers almost mirror Shesterkin's from last year. Uh, and Sorokin's are obviously very close too, but I mean, the two one eight goals against is a little higher, but um, I, I mean, Linus Olmark is playing behind the best team in the league right now. And he's been a, a, a big reason as to why they've been really good. So I'm not trying to discredit him, but I mean, if you're talking about two goalies right now at the top of the league that I, I think do the most with, not the greatest supporting cast in front of them. Uh, I, I got to go with Sorokin and, and then Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. Josh Morrissey has been the driving force behind um, Winnipeg, aside from uh, Connor Hellebuck, because jo- Josh Morrissey is basically like leading their team in scoring and then doing all the defensive work. I mean, there was a play in last night's game, a sequence in last night's game, where he stopped Kale McCarr uh, coming in as a trailer skated with him, blocked a shot, then stripped him of the puck after he got it back, and then went the other way, and McCarr took a penalty to take him down. I mean, if that's not a microcosm of what Josh Morrissey's doing, I don't know what to tell you. Um, But, yeah, Kyle Connor stinks right now. He's starting to wake up. He's starting to wake up a bit. but I think it's six goals in his last four games. But, I mean, I'll get back to Sorokin uh, because I, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but Connor Halibut's doing a hell of a job in Winnipeg. But Ilya Sorokin is, as Cor said before, the reason why the Islanders are winning these games for the most part. Yeah, Barzal's producing. Yeah, Brock Nelson's producing. They're getting production from guys that, you know, they finally wanted. But he faces a, a crazy workload per game. If you look at all the analytics, the goals – the expected, um, all the expected analytic, uh, analytics and so on. It, those are all probably in favor of Sorokin over just about any goaltender in the league. And uh, without looking at them uh, like in front of me, I, I can tell you that Sorokin is at the top or near the top of just about every single one of them. So uh, Sorokin is having a great year. Uh, the Islanders are playing well. Um, they still need to tighten up defensively in front of them. I think part of that is a system adjustment. 
uh, from Lane Lambert. Surprised to see them lose to Philly. That's uh, kind of kind of shocking. But I mean, you go three and one your last four games. They're right in the thick of things. They're probably going to be a playoff team this year. As I said, they were probably going to rebound to be in the playoffs. But um, they look good. They look like everything's just kind of going along for them. And if they end up being that team again where, you know, we 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 get through, we do what we have to do in the regular season, and then come playoff time we turn it up, then maybe you're looking at a long run come, you know, April for the Islanders. So um, I, I didn't get to watch really any of last night's game. And I was sick over the weekend, but uh, from what I've seen from them lately, I, I, there's nothing to be mad about if you're an Islander fan. Well, by the way, no love for Vitek Vanacek and his season so far, guys. No, he's um, been he's been he's good. Been good. Yeah, I just don't think he's been as good as some of the other goaltenders that we've mentioned. I, I mean, I, right now the Devils have been playing great. He's been a big part of that. But I, if you look at the the defensive metrics, Jersey is actually very high up in, in offensive and defensive metrics. So I, Vitek Vanacek's workload to me isn't as high as, as someone like uh, Sorokin or Hellebuck or maybe even Logan Thompson. Uh, I, and Logan Thompson's been playing well too. He's another one that you got to look mm-hmm. at in the Vezina conversation. Well, there's still a long season to go with that, but you got to like – his chances, especially when uh, the guy that's over here said that he was going to be leading the league in save percentage by Thanksgiving. You might be right. Just the wrong holiday, Anthony. It might be Christmas. <laughs> Last thoughts on Ilya Starokin right now. Just stay healthy. Um, you know, they, they need him. Although, you know, Simeon Varlamov has, has been has been good in, you know, when he gets in there. And that just shows the importance of having a good backup goalie. Like you see what's going on with the Rangers right now. Their backup goalie doesn't have a win. So, you know, it's, an, it's important for your backup to be able to step in and, and provide good play. And Varlamov has done that. But, uh, you know, Sorok is the guy by far. And, you know, he's just he's just got to stay healthy and, you know, keep him fresh. Um, and I think he's going to, you know, continue to do what he's been doing. Uh, his, really his whole career so far, but especially this year. Yeah, he's he's really looking like he's that special goalie that a lot of people thought he was going to be. Everybody also don't forget, you have to appease the YouTube gods. Leave us a like, subscribe, and hit that bell. So that way you can get more information whenever we put up a video or we're going or whenever we're going live. All right, guys, we are going to talk more about the Islanders and the Rangers and especially in some trades, but we're going to do it with a little bit of a bar talk. Actually, uh, Anthony, I'm sorry. I forgot about this list entirely. This is the list of a lot of people saying who should win the Vesna trophy. And right now your, your runaway leader is Elisa Roken. So I don't even know how Shesterkin's that high up. I'm amazed about it too. But let's go on to bar talk because there's a lot of league-wide news we have to discuss. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. I'm say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. All right, everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're going to buy everybody around? And your voice has to go up whenever you say that. Um, or are you just like, yeah, I'll take a beer or, or God, I'll, I'll take a shot. And we're going to start with the deal that I, I, I can't wait till it goes down. So that way I could stop hearing his name. 
Pat, the New York Rangers should deal for depth instead of Patrick Kane. Filk. I'm going to buy a round on this, actually. Um, the reason for it being is that your overall five-on-five play needs big-time help, as I stated before in my rants. Um, and you, you can't do that by just dealing pieces away for one piece that thinks that you think is going to put you over the top. And that's another thing. If, if this team was playing well enough to the point where they thought Patrick King would be that last piece, I would say, yeah, then you deal for Patrick Kane over the depth, but no, at this point, no. And Patrick Kane hasn't looked great either. And he hasn't put him great at five on five. So I'm, I'm buying around on this. Yeah, I'm going to actually jump in next and just say I'm buying around too. I've been beating this drum for a long time. Patrick Kane on the New York Rangers is completely useless. I, I don't I don't see how it is. I get the people that go, oh, Panarin played well with them. Panarin's worst offensive years were with Patrick Kane. Kane's best offensive year was with uh, Artemi Panarin. So maybe there's a boost there. But no, no, it's 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 you got to no, no. They need depth. If, if we haven't proved it, playing Barkley Goudreau on the second line before I get on a rant, Anthony. I'm going to go round. Um, you know, if if come the trade deadline time, they're, you know, got back to the Rangers of last year, then maybe I'd answer this differently. But as of right now, the state they're in right now, why, I mean, why would you why would you give up future assets and, and picks for a guy um, that's going to be a rental? You're not going to be able to afford to keep him beyond next year. Um, and there's no guarantee you can even get to where you, you know, get to the Stanley Cup finals. So I think it would be a um, poor use of, of asset management to do that. So for right now, yeah, he, he, the Rangers would be silly to trade for him for sure. Anthony, speaking about players that I just really want to be traded so I could stop hearing their name bantered yeah. about. Uh, Coyotes defenseman Jacob Chikrin is set to return soon. He already did. Oh, great. So then there it is. Uh the New York Islanders should try to move assets for Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, you know what? I posed this question when I heard in the last 32 thoughts with the American Friedman. They, you know, you know, they mentioned that the Islanders are are one of the teams in for Chikrin, which you know Marek talked about also, you know, a month or two ago. And to me, I mean, he's he's a good player, but I mean, it's no secret. Come the deadline, if the Islanders are in it, they're going to try to add a score in the mold of a Kane or Horvat, something they really need. You already have Adam Pellick and Romanov on on the left side, which is you know pretty good. I don't I don't think it, it would be prudent for Lou to move the assets he does have for Chikrin when it would be better served doing it for a forward. So I'm doing it wrong. I would like to see him on the Islanders. I just don't think it's the right move. So you know I'll, I'll go shot actually. Okay, Filk. Uh, another layup for basically all the reasons that Anthony just said. Not only do the Islanders not have a great prospect pool at this point you you have a few assets that are really worth something to other teams in in terms of like Ratu, Dufour, maybe one or two other prospects and you've moved so many first round picks in recent years why are you doing it for another defenseman when you need scoring help shot yeah and we're gonna make it a hat trick guys as soon as I get this one off I'm gonna put the shot glass right back up there boom I the Islanders need a trigger man for that power play but it's Vladimir Tarasenko, in my opinion. That's who they should be going after. Uh, that would be perfect for them. 
The Blues and are back. The Blues are back in or in playoff contention, though. So yeah, I don't you've know. You've been if on this Tarasenko thing for a while, and I continue to tell you that the Blues are going to get back, and they're back. I don't. Well, maybe you should have made it while they were. You know, who knows? He's he still hasn't rescinded that trade request. But guys, speaking about talented Russian players that are excellent power play triggermen, Alexander Ovechkin. Oh, uh, whoops! I went to the second one. Passes Wayne Gretzky for the most road goals. Uh, in route to 800, he's currently at 793. Alex Ovechkin will win another rocket before his career ends, guys. And uh, Anthony, I'm going to start with you. You're the Ovi guy. Uh, you know what? As much as I love him, I mean, this is going to be tough because even despite at his age, I think he's he's with his two goals last night, I think he's on pace for like 44 goals, which is really impressive. But, you know, he's getting older, and you have these younger guys in the league now like Jason Robertson. Obviously, McDavid is showing he could score a lot. You know, Pasternak, you know, Tate Thompson's up and coming. He's He scores a lot of goals lately. So, I don't know. It's going to be hard for Ovechkin to kind of score more goals than a lot of these younger guys. Um, so, as much as I, I never want to say I want to count them out, I'm not really confident in that. So, um, you know, I'll I'll go shot, actually. But I, with that said, he's still going to be capable of scoring, you know, 40 goals or so. But I, I don't know if he's going to win a rocket. Felk. Um, I've got to go shot. Uh, it, it just, in a league where you have Austin Matthews, I just shot. And then you, you have Connor Bedard, who's about to come up after this season. And that oh, you kid, mean the Rangers fourth line center. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, the best thing for the league would actually be the Rangers not getting him. So they can't screw him up. But, um, Connor Bedard at his age, had better had a better shot and better technique to his shooting than Austin Matthews did. And I, I, I've watched several videos on this. I've talked about this in the past. Connor Bedard's technique shooting-wise is damn near flawless. It's just about as almost flawless as Matt Barzell's skating technique is. And that's saying a lot about how good of a shooter that Bedard is. So you're going to have guys like Bedard and Matthews competing for the Rocket every damn year. And Ovechkin is going on, what, he's 37 now? So, yeah, he's his best days are behind him. So this is a shot. I'm only going beer because I, I it can't count him out. Every time I've counted out Alexander Ovechkin, he's turned around and just bursted out of whatever funk he was in. So I, I gotta I gotta give him all the credit in the world uh, to what he has done in his career, his longevity, and. He he's he is going to be worthy of the gold crown when he eventually passes Wayne Gretzky, possibly. I yeah, mean, you know what? I think I, I think for if he scored forty five goals, for instance, this year, I think that puts him at eight hundred and twenty twenty four goals or so. Um, that's what seventy goals shy of the record that he would need to get in what four four years. I mean, I think if he has another. 40 45 goal a year this year uh, i think he might be a lock to break it honestly uh yeah definitely if only there was a way i can know how many goals wayne gretzky had in 1982 oh yeah 92 that was it mm, uh, <laughs> mm, gee i wonder where you got that from yeah that would i wonder where i got that all right by the way guys uh there was a big game up in calgary last night that matthew kachuk returned and he returned to a standing ovation and his quote was, I was looking forward to the game. It wasn't like uh, we talked about earlier, like a game that we needed that 
like I needed this game to close the door on my history here. That wasn't the case at all. The Florida Panthers are winning, and I put that in quotes, winning the Matthew Kachuk trade. And uh, Philk, sorry, I didn't start with you for a while. I'm going to say beer. One, it's too early to tell. It's too early in the season. And I know Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, I mean, sorry, Justin Huberdeau, has <laughs> not had the year that everyone would want. He's only got 12 points. So, and he, he's pretty far off a of point per game. And, you know, Sutter hockey will do that to an offensive forward sometimes like that. Unless you're Anze Kopitar and you know how to score 90 points while winning a Selkie under him. Um, but that's another story. But you know what? It's too early to tell. And Huberto, I, I like Elias Lindholm. I don't know if he's the best offensive center to play with. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau and him had great chemistry. So it's, it's another story. But, uh, I mean, Huberto and Uyghur, they haven't put up the points. Uyghur's been really good defensively for them. Um, Calgary has probably been my biggest disappointment this season because I expected so much more of them with the roster that they had. But, again, early, uh, I'm going to say beer. Uh, I'm going to jump in right now, and as I'm flashing up all these other stats with them, I'm going to go with beer too because, again, you don't judge it by 20 games or so. No. You judge it by uh, – and, and even sometimes you judge it by whether whatever Calgary could get back. I mean, they, they were able to get back Jonathan Huberdeau and <laughs> Mackenzie Weger for and, – and sign them long-term, and, and, and they were going to probably just lose Kachuk next year in free agency or so because he didn't want to sign long-term. Probably – I mean, it's, it's just – it, they got a lot out of that deal, and then they end up getting Nazem Kadri after that. So, there's look; it still could be better, but still, I'm I'm gonna go beer on that if I didn't already flick that on there. Anthony, I'm gonna go beer. Um, you know, yeah, Kachuk's ninth in the league in scoring. You know, he's having he's playing really well individually. But if you look, the Panthers are actually outside the playoffs right now. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that if, you know, they had Huberto still that things would be different. But the thing is with Huberto, you knew he had the chemistry of Barkov. Things clicked. Um, you know, you, you change things. And now, you know, they're they're not where they were last year. And again, it's early. Things could change. But, you know, for that reason, you know, I'll, I'll say beer. And by the way, Anthony, one of those reasons why Florida is outside the playoffs right now is they're not getting exactly pristine goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky. It's okay with, with Spencer Knight. His numbers are better, at least. But you look at these numbers by Sergei Bobrovsky. 3.84 goals against. He's 4-6-1 and, and a .878 save percentage. I mean, the only way to get worse is if you're trying to dodge it. Mr. Filkowski, Sergei Bobrovsky is done. He's cooked. I'm going to say round. I, I, I don't see how you get better at his age at this point. I mean, he may have a renaissance year, but he's not playing behind some terrible team. You know, he he's playing behind a pretty good team that could be so much better if he played better. He's He just turned 34 a couple of months ago. I mean, the numbers there are just – they're terrible. And he's got – a, a completely buyout proof contract because if you buy him out at any time during the contract, you want to know what the dead cap that you'd carry for him would be. What is it actually? <laughs> it's it, it, it's a cap hit of 
$6,666,667. And if you bought him out today, yeah, that would be nuts. And if you bought him out today, if you bought him out after this is the fourth year of the deal, or actually, yeah, if you bought him out after this year, so this was fourth, 19, 20, 21, 22. No, this is the fifth year. So you you would you would be on the hook for two more years of that, and then more years of about what minus that cap it minus about five million. So one point one point six 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 seven million. Yeah. So for a couple of years. So Bobrovsky, he's done, and he needs to be better. And you know what? It brings me back to the conundrum. Why the hell? Did you draft Spencer Knight if your plan was to sign Sergei Bobrovsky a few uh, weeks later in free agency? We go right back to that all the time, and I Why? have to keep saying we're harping Why? on it for a reason, people, because it made no sense. I don't know if that was still Dave Taylor, uh, Tal- Del Talon or something, but it's just yeah, Del there was still Del Talon. That that was ridiculously stupid. That was just there, Anthony. Oh. Um, you know, I'll go beer. It seems like this guy's MO is like almost you know, every other year, every two years, he just he's like a completely different goalie. You know, last year he had a 913 save percentage, you know, which is which is solid. Um, this year he's playing at a rate that's much, much worse than that. Um, so I, and based on his pattern, I'm, I'm hesitant to say cook because you know, if he follows that, maybe next year he'll you know, he'll raise his game again, but. Um, yeah, his contract's certainly not good, probably immovable. So that's really bad for Florida. Their only hope is that, you know, he starts to play better this year or, you know, next year he could play at a level he did last year. So what you're saying is yeah. to be fair. 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 But, you know, uh, I just. I'd had to play that for a second. I was going past it, but no, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to buy everybody around on this. I, you know, you thought this was going to work out when he signed again. I still don't understand why they drafted Spencer Knight. Their defense really isn't all that good. If, if you're trying to compensate for bad defense, you, you could see from his body language last night, it's just, he's got zero confidence. I mean, I insert insert joke about my dating life right here to be like who's got more confidence right now, him or me? Uh, I I it's, it might be a draw, but you know it's, that's just the way I'm going to say that one. Guys, this week Rupe Hin signed an eight year deal, or actually an eight year extension uh, with the Dallas Stars. It's actually more than Jason Robertson's, but that's what you get when you more have the signed one and the yeah, other more one. years. Yeah, yeah. Wait. How much? More, more years. Uh, Robertson's yeah. was a four-year deal, I believe, and then uh, uh, Rupe Hintz's is eight. And not only that, because he's it's it's buying out unrestricted free agency years, and then um, not only that, but he also plays center, so centers are usually paid at a premium. Yeah, but also again, you had to sign Jason Robertson to start the season; they didn't have the cap space. Yeah, this one you could plan ahead now for the end of the year. But uh, Jim Nill quietly doing a great job with that. Jim Nill is the front runner for the Jim Gregory Award or GM of the Year. Anthony. Um, I mean, certainly, certainly in the running. I think, you know, if the Devils keep this up, I think Tom Fitzgerald's going to get nominated just for how well his team has played. Um, you know, he, you know, he made the move for John Marino, which looks to be a steal. Uh, you know, he he's. Got Vitek Vanacek, who's having a good year. 
Um, you know, and then some of the other players, you know, he put in place over there over the years. So um, he's going to definitely get, like I said, some accolades. Um, I think Ron Francis could get some accolades because Seattle's looking like a really good team this year. You know, the second year in the league and they look like they're going to, you know, they'll probably make the playoffs. They're a good nucleus there with good players. Um, you know, Shane Wright was sent to the minors, but since he went down there, he's been scoring. You know, Matty Beneers is there. Uh, so Francis has built a good team. So there are, there are other guys in the running, but, you know, Jim Nill has some really good value contracts. He signed with Robertson and Hintz and Heiskanen. Ettinger, who's a really, really good goalie. He locked up. Ottinger, um, Ottinger sorry. So Ottinger. he's going to – so they're, well, they're going to uh, – His pronunciation has been changing for like the last couple of weeks. I've heard guys yeah. on Ottinger. Ottinger. Yeah, he, he's going to – he's he's definitely going to be up there. Um, but I think there are other guys that have done a superior job – well, not a superior, a really good job as well um, that will get – you know, a lot of consideration. So I'll go, I'll go beer because he definitely will be. John. I'm going to say round. Um, I, I believe that this guy has just done so much with what he has with this team. He, I mean, he had to lose John Klingberg and then he took the risk of giving Joe Pavelski a one-year deal of 5.5 million with a no, with a full no movement clause, and Joe Pavelski has just rewarded him by being a point per game player at 38 years old. He stuck with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben, and Tyler Sagan and, and, and is has come back with. I, I would say I wouldn't say a vengeance, but he looks like a much better player. I mean, he brought in Mason Marchment, which was another big and underrated move. Um, I mean, he's drafted guys like Ty Delandria and Wyatt Johnston. I don't think that you should be getting rewarded and having past laurels come into consideration. But what he's been able to get with, especially with a guy like Dennis Gurianov, who was supposed to be a top six figure in this team, not really producing and being hurt, it, it is just incredible. And then he makes the deal for Nils Lundqvist. And Nils Lundqvist, he's only got five points so far, but he's looked the part. And that, that's a big thing for me. I, I mean, he, he with what he's lost and the guys that he's re-signed, I, that's my case for Jim Nill over everybody else. Yeah, Tom Fitzgerald is definitely going to be up there. But Tom Fitzgerald is basically working with the same team aside from a few players. Uh, you look at, look at guys like Andre Palat, who hasn't really played yet, so you can't really say anything about that move. And then Vitek Vanacek has been really good, but the team in front of him has just been tremendous. And yeah, and and I'm not saying that should take anything away from Tom Fitzgerald, but I, to me, Jim Nill has made all the moves. He's made all the moves, and he's had to make hard moves, especially when you're you're swallowing the loss of a guy like John Klingberg. That mm -hmm. that's tough. And considering that you lose a guy like that, and your team is still playing well, that that's it for me. Uh, I am actually going to go beer because Anthony did outline two other good candidates that are in there in Tom Fitzgerald and uh, Ron, Ron Francis. Francis and Ron Francis is going to get a lot of recognition because they obviously yeah. they are an expansion team and yeah, he'd be the other one I would say. Yeah. I mean, and they're, they're looking like they're, they're pretty good more on Seattle in a moment, but it's just, and also more on the devils in a moment in a way, but uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be down to those guys, and I think I, I think there's some real good candidates. Hopefully, some other candidates can get in there, maybe like Chris Drury or Lou Lamarillo. 
but I mean, right now they got a tall order to try to get to, to try to get over on these guys. Cause as I mentioned, the Seattle Kraken who are eight one and one in their last 10, 31 points right now, second in the Pacific division. And they just won a hockey game nine to eight last night under <laughs> a bit of hinky circumstances because we'll get into that one in a second, but Actually, we'll get into that one right now. Have you guys ever seen a game where it's been like 25 seconds left? They stop the clock. The real stopwatch is going, which, by the way, good work by the NHL because at least they got a guy still manually doing it. We've seen it in our men's league games. Like somebody stops the clock and then, oh, wait, start the clock, start the clock. And then, oh, wait, we got to run off 10 seconds out of nowhere. But that's what happened last night at the end of, of L.A. They were There was 25 seconds on the clock and then – yeah, yes. well just done, again. that's well right. Done. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the Seattle Kraken have arrived. Uh, Anthony, start this one up. I mean, for right now, you, you, you got to say round, right? Um, they're playing they're playing really well. Uh, they're being led by Andre Borakowski. Always turned out to be a really, a really good signing for them. Um, you know, Jordan Eberle only has six goals, but I think he's got like 21 points. So he's almost, you know, a point per game player right now. You know, Jared McCann's playing really well. Um, you know, he made they got Oliver Bjorkstrand, who was not really scoring at the way he did in Columbus. But nonetheless, he was still is a good addition to the team. You know, Matty Beniers, they, they got a good group of forwards, a very good group of forwards. Um, their defense. By the way, who predicted Suki. Matty Beniers to be the, the call the trophy winner this year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh God! Right. Any chance he gets to pat his own back? Oh no, that's Anthony's. Yeah. Never mind. Oh, that's oh, never mind. <laughs> I thought that was you for a second. No, he, he no, was no. asking me. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, so they they got they got a good team overall. I know Grubauer was hurt for a little bit. You know, their goaltending's solid enough with him in goal. Um. So you know, I I I like them in the Pacific Division right now. You never know. At Edmonton, one minute looks like they're going to be a really good, strong contender, and the other minute. You know, they look really bad, like they're a two-man team. So Calgary's struggling. This is Seattle's chance to really kind of take the ball and run here, and so far they have. I mean, Edmonton, sometimes they look great, and sometimes they score four unanswered goals in the third period to beat a team that was overconfident. So anyway, Philk, Seattle has arrived. I'm going to say round. Uh, you know what? I was very hesitant with this team. But I'm starting to see signs that they've bought into what Dave Haxtall is is selling them, and they're they're playing hard, fast hockey. They're up tempo. They're in your face. They're structured. Uh, I mean, Yanni Gord is scoring maybe about just over a forty point pace, a point every other game. I mean, Daniel Sprong is almost a point per game. It's like the Island of Misfit Toys of. of Misfit overachieving toys. Look at Dan Daniel Sprong, almost a point per game. Justin Schultz has come back from the dead. Because, I mean, for a while he looked like he was going to become a real good offensive defenseman in Pittsburgh, and then he just kind of fell off a bit. Now he's back. I mean, you, you got somebody like Andre Burakovsky scoring over a point per game. He's never been at that type of pace at any stop in his career, especially this late in the season. And I know it's still early, but, and then, I mean, the biggest thing for me is that the guy that was meant to be their franchise player, their first ever draft pick, and you talked about him, how he been years, he's there. 
he's there and he's there earlier than expected. And, mm. and that that's big because that guy has got a friggin' massive set of balls. He is like Randy Marsh in South Park walking around with a wheelbarrow to hold them. Because that, that, that's the way that he plays. I mean, he he's just – he's got swagger. He's got a great two-way game. He's a pain in the ass to play against. I mean, that's the type of guy you want to build your team around. Who's going to be a stealthy one day? Likely. It's not a show without um, Giuseppe, you know, making an appearance or an <laughs> appearance, if you will. Uh, but, um, yeah, Seattle's doing everything right, and it, it's – it's kind of nice to see because you know what? This is another expansion team that was going into a market where we weren't sure how they were going to do. And, and all of a sudden they, they're arrived quicker than expected. So, you know what? Good, good for Seattle. Uh, good job of Ron Francis, as we were talking about before in the previous segment in bar talk. And you know what? The, the fans, I mean, it, it's nice to have a hockey team after all this time and, and it's cool to see them winning. Just don't win at the Rangers' expense anymore. Thanks. <laughs> well, you know what? You guys talked me up. I was going to say beer because I'm, there's a lot of things I'm expecting. Burkowski to go back. Uh, Martin Jones to become Martin Jones again. Um, it just There's so many things that are, that are with that. But I got to go around. And you know what? Martin Jones is one of those reasons. Look at this numbers. 12 and 4 with uh, – 12-4 and 2. He's got a 2.90 goals against average and but an 893 save percentage. 893 save percentage. And he's their their star right now. Grubauer, five games played. He's uh one and one. Oof. And he's he's not really doing well either. He's got like almost Sergey Bobrovsky numbers. But you gotta you gotta say that these guys really they look like they're doing a hell of a lot of, of good work up there and yes they're taking advantage of some pitch uh, some pacific division teams that thought they were better than what they are whether or not it's uh beating up on vancouver early while they still they're starting to put things together in vancouver so a little bit good for that but eight one and one in the last 10 you know maybe i i owe dave haxtall an apology he's one of those guys that is just you know i love when people prove me wrong go ahead prove me wrong so and the last one guys Last Wednesday night, New Jersey Devil fans threw chicken fingers as well as other objects on the ice. Beer. After three, cans of beer. Cans of beer. Cans <sighs> of beer. If the three disallowed goals, fans can be justified for throwing objects on the ice. And uh, this is a no-brainer for me. It's it's a round. Uh, oh, sorry, wait. It's a shot. It's the other way around. It can't saying. be justified. <laughs> you can never throw anything on the ice, whether it's whether it's for a disallowed goal, which, by the way, the first one I saw, that should have been disallowed. He made contact with the goalie skate. The Rangers had a similar one like that on Saturday, and I said the Devils had a goal disallowed on that. It was going to happen. Um, that was when Ryan Carpenter hit uh, Jack. Yes, Campbell yeah. That would have that would have been the fourth goal. Yeah, this one was Nathan Bastion in the first one. And yes. Eric Holla blatantly kicked the puck into the net. It doesn't yes. it doesn't matter if it goes off a defense. The, 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 the third puck. disallowed goal was actually not a goal. And even the broadcasters both said that that's the rule. Right. So, look, fans, I understand your frustration. By the way, you win 13 in a row the night you they ends up breaking on you. You don't throw stuff on the ice. Or in overtime wins, I will turn it over to you, Mr. LaRocco. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's shot. Um, you know, I, look, I, I get that if being at a game where you're, you know, you see your team score three goals and have them disallowed. Um, that's, you know, that's unheard of. I mean, that's very, that's very, that doesn't happen very often at all where one team scores three times and each time it's disallowed. So, I mean, I get their like frustration part of it, but still, I mean, you don't throw, you know, you know what, like full cans of beer, something that could actually hurt that. That's like, you know, that, that's, that's, un- that's, you know, un- unacceptable. Um, you know, throw- throwing something that's not going to hurt anybody, e- even that you shouldn't do. But, I mean, when you're throwing, you know, beer cans that some of the Maple Leafs players were referencing after the game and um, you just, you know, you just – it's dangerous. So, I get it. You want to f- show your frustration. You know, if you want to, uh, I don't know, throw a fucking – fling a cap or – like I mean that you shouldn't do, but at least it's whatever. But a can of beer that could actually legitimately hurt someone—that's just that's disgusting. You don't, you know, you know, you don't do that. Phil, in, in no such sort of way. And I, I, I can tell you right now, there's been times where I've wanted to throw objects. No, you. I look back when I think of this. I look back at the Chris Kreider incident with Carey Price. In, in game one of the 2014 Eastern Conference Finals. And I, I you, you look at it, the the still shot of Alexi Emelin's stick, like literally bending over his knee. And, and, and like the smallest thing can take someone and just put them either on their back or completely on their face without notice at, at, at high speeds like that. Mm-hmm. So imagine throwing something – and not only that, but think of this. Would you like that if somebody was doing that to you if you were on the ice, especially like during the game? Not only that, but you, you make the workers, you make the ice crew go out and clean it up. It's, it's bad for the player's safety, and it delays the game. So you're, you're accomplishing absolutely nothing while making yourself look classless. And the worst part about it is it's during a – 13-game win streak. 13-game win streak. And the third goal was no goal. Yeah, not even close. It was no goal. You don't even understand the damn rules. And, I mean, <sighs> again, you, you talk about all the stuff that's being thrown on the ice. If only there was a way for fans to express themselves without throwing stuff on the ice. Oh, you could always boo, people. Or chance something else. I mean, what if I, I would a rather cap on there and then it's not found? Just like you were talking about the smallest would, thing. I'd rather hear them chant every obscenity in the world at the referees than see them throw things at the ice. And I, I, the worst ones. I don't even care if it's in front of kids at that point. I would rather hear that than hear them than see them throw things. Yeah. Well, it, it, again, it's just. You can't ever justify doing that in any way. Um, the, the, here's the list of things you should be able to throw on the ice. Teddy bears in Calgary this month. Uh, hats, octopi, and catfish in Nashville. And, and rats in Florida. Oh, <laughs> they had to put a stop to that one. And I still remember the video in the in the 96 finals. Oh, Patrick Wall. Sitting yeah. in the net as he's just getting <laughs> rained on. Uh, oh. those, 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 those were great days. Those were actually great days. But now I can't. Yeah, and, and at, then, least, then 
but at least they were placing grass. They weren't bad. Yeah, and then they, and they were, and they were going to penalize the Devils if they kept doing it. That's why it was another reason. But guys, that's the end of Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. And of course, there's lots of things we haven't even chilled about. I haven't even mentioned this. If you use like uh, a loofah or something, or uh, what do you call it? Is a loofah? Is a lather builder? Yeah, it's a I, I forgot what the actual man's name for it is. Use one of these it's from Manscaped. About, uh, I think they're 20 bucks right now. Go up there and go check that. So, <laughs> I, I, I highlighted that because I didn't, I talked about it a little bit in our, a little bit in our text, but why is, why is Yaroslav Halak starting, starting tonight and not Igor Sturkin? And I say that because, because back Gerard, back Gallant, Gallant. Gerard Gallant is one of those brainlet Wojak memes. That's yeah. why. <laughs> You have a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. Why? Why wouldn't you start Shesterkin tonight? And then they split the back-to-back, so you have your starter that's played two out of the three games. Now with Halak starting tonight, I mean, either Shesterkin's going to play back-to-back, which is fine, but I mean, not really prime. It, you usually want to use your other guy, or they split. But if they split, that means Halak has played two of the last three, and he's terrible. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand why he's starting tonight and not Igor. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's a, it's just a really boneheaded decision. I don't, if, if I, you want to say it was for the comments after the game and you're like, let me give him a break because his confidence is waning. I understand this. Uh, the rest of it makes no sense. The rest of it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Cause other than that, are they going to start Halak back to back games? Or one or the other. You, you got three. Yeah, three straight games. Two against Ottawa, and then one against Chicago. I think is Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. Imagine so, being. Imagine being in a big slump, and thinking that starting Yaroslav Halak, who is O for the friggin' century this year, and looks like a horse's ass is the best idea to get you out of that slump in two out of three games. And, and I got to, I got to tell you guys, I, I was one of the people that defended Halak. I can't. I like def- the signing too, but he's been awful. I, I can't defend him after, after the last game. It's, it's just. No, the no movement clause is terrible too. What? What? <laughs> Cause <laughs> for a backup goaltender. What is wrong with this franchise? That is like the NFL giving a no movement clause to a punter. Uh, my God, what is wrong with you? Not even, not even a kicker like Justin Tucker, a punter. Oh, let's go give Riley Dixon a no movement clause. <laughs> oh God, what is friggin' wrong with this team? Oh my God, uh, you could have signed Eric Comrie, as Pete says. Oh, hey, there, there's a guy who has a brother on this team, and his name is Ryan. Charlie Lindgren would have been a decent backup. Yeah, I mean, and who knows? Maybe that would have been something to actually pick things up, uh, mentally speaking. It's just, but come on. Really? I mean. Kincaid would have been a better option at this point, and I don't even like Kincaid. Never mind Kincaid. How about, how about Louis Domingue? Louis Domingue's a better option. They have him. I don't know about that. Oh, jeez. No, get all spicy pork you can. Maybe that'll actually help them. But I mean, it's uh, it's it's so frustrating watching him because again, I was the big Yaroslav Halak defender 
you watch that game against Anaheim. My God, he was awful. Awful. And then you're like, oh, hey, he makes a good save. Yeah, but you let in the goal. Very goal you let in. Five saves. Ten saves is what matters. It's. It, I just don't get it. I, I don't. It, it, this team is one terrible front office move after another after another no let's not let's not get rid of ryan reeves in the offseason and keep tyler mott let's keep ryan reeves and then when we already know that he's just well past the point of of being a significant regular contributor oh let's just go get um ryan carpenter and not 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 bring back kevin rooney Oh, that's great because Kevin Rooney was a decent fourth line center who could freaking kill penalties for his team. Oh, hey, Phil, don't worry about it. You got you got Sammy Blay. He's coming back. He's got yeah, to quote Sammy Blay got an ACL injury. Oh, yeah, but let let's bring him back. He's not cooked or anything yeah, like that. Sammy Blay yeah, walking through that door. We just because we we have to we have to try to justify and save face for the Pavel Butchnevich trade. We're going to keep Sammy Blay over guys like Tyler Mott. Oh man, that that's great. That that is gold, dude. The, these guys are just—they are so full of themselves with their heads so far up their asses that they don't know which direction the light is coming from. Right. I and... don't understand it anymore. I really don't. You you're still trotting out Libor Hayek out there as a sixth defenseman when you when it's been proven that Libor Hayek is dog shit. And you know what the worst part is? He's not even been the worst defenseman on this team. Yes, that was what I was about to say. <laughs> he hasn't. That's the sad part. Um, but you could have gotten John Merrill instead of Patrick Nemeth last year. That that wasn't in the cards for some reason. I don't know. Oh why. no, it had nothing to do with Tom Wilson. Uh, oh my God, stupid. And, so and if, stupid. if for the people listening on audio, that was uh, Anthony highlighted uh, Cora's comment, which said. Go sign Barkley Goodrow at $3.6 million for six years and put him in a role he doesn't fit in. Again, remember what I said when they signed Barkley Goodrow. They had to win on one of the three fronts. Mm-hmm. You either had to give him less term, lesser AAV, or no trade protection at all. And they failed on all three yeah fronts <laughs> they gave him the higher aav which was stupid they gave him a crazy amount of years for a bottom six player and you never see bottom six players like that get those types of years and then you gave him modified no trade clause what is going on with this team like, I, I just chris <laughs> Drew has done nothing to make me think that there is anything in this head of his other than air. And, and right. he was a guy who was nominated for GM of the year last year. So You know what? We're, we're never going to get access to the Rangers because I trash this team way too much in their front office. And you I, know what? I'm totally, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> but you know what? Forget about it. Forget about it. I would rather sit there and tell the truth about how incompetent this organization is as opposed to be some – ass-kissing, brown-nosing yes-man who says good things about how this organization is ran when it's not true at all. Anybody who has cataracts can even see it. Right. Yeah, well, like, I, mean, I, I would Mark, rather have us be honest. Anthony, I'm sorry. I mean, I, like I said, I relate to that. You know, I mean, a combination of Mark and Sells got us 
blacklisted by Big Lou and canceled our marketing uh, deal with Romanoff because I told it like it is. So I get it. Yeah, we're but you know what it is. You, you can't you can't be a homer. You got to tell it like it is. And, and you know I'll 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 applaud them when they when it's necessary, and I'll also criticize them when it's when it's necessary. So yeah, I, I feel you there. And you know <laughs> it is what it is. What As you, Anthony what said, energy. And you know what? The other thing I'm going to mention is I, I'm proud of us that we're actually taking the initiative to criticize. Because if you're going to compliment, you have to criticize. You can't. That's not being a journalist. And look, love we're pundits. Love and marriage. Love yeah. and marriage. Yeah, exactly. Go together like a horse and carriage. This, <laughs> I tell you, brother, you can't you have, have one, one without the other. So, but it's... It's just, and right now, Chris Drury is probably just esteemed uh, hearing us say this because he probably knows the truth too. It was a mistake to keep Ryan Reese if you're going to wave him in the middle of this. And if it was part of that, he's Gallant's guy, then why not get, look, then that's on Gallant too. That's what it comes out to be. Don't, don't yeah. wave Rero. Yeah. And there, but you know what? At the same time, okay, so you, you bring in Gustav Riedel to try to help out the fourth line. And he looks great in preseason. Why not just admit that Ryan Carpenter was a mistake? It, it's a it's a low risk, low reward signing. Who gives a shit if, if he turned out to be bad? If you waved him, oh well, you, you kind of need players like that. What players that can't keep up with the play is what we need. And and if what the idea is now of keep treading water until you get to the uh, the um, the trade deadline. I, I wanted to make up the sketch for us with um, the the middle of Predator, which, by the way, is a totally awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, everybody should have seen it. I can't believe how many people I know re in the last week haven't seen the movie Predator. But anyway, you mean we're the original turned over and said, Predator. Oh, what? You mean the original 1987 yes. Predator with, with Carl Weathers, yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Jesse Ventura? Yes. Wow. I, okay. Yeah. I'm holding the hole to get out of the bar. But uh, but basically saying we make a stand now or there won't be any playoffs because that's that's what it comes down to right now. You have to make a stand now. If you wait like the Vancouver Canucks did last year and then you play 650 hockey the rest of the way. Oh, wicked. Oh, my goodness. Wicked. No, that, that's a no, no. That's a no, no. See, that's a movie right there. All right. You can't watch another hockey game until you see Predator. Yeah, so, your 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 homework assignment now is to watch Predator and get yeah. and get through the choppa afterwards. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's just that it's they have to make a stand now before it gets out of control. What if the Rangers go one and two in the next three games? Then you just blew easy points because you already did it against the Panthers. Sorry, the Panthers, Anaheim. You already did it against Edmonton, which all you have to do is play twenty minutes and not give up four goals. And again, my most damning statement about it is it was expected as soon as they let in the second goal. And Turk didn't want to take a timeout at 3-2. So, nope. side nope. note, since Anthony hasn't been able to say anything in a while, Lane Lambert That's has been doing a good job. I mean, it's, he has not managed his timeouts. Like, he hasn't used them. Like, if you're not going to use them, like, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? I don't know. But, but again, you have to make the stand now. You can't let this snowball. If they get to eight points out in that division, 
the the Herculean task you might have to go on. And by the way, before I forget, guys, because I'm sorry, we've been on so many rants today. Get well, Chris Letang, um, because it's it's horrible what he's going through. He did it once before in uh, 2014. He had uh, he's out right now indefinitely with a stroke. He did come back two months later, but that was also eight years ago. So all the best to him and his recovery. Mm-hmm. But you, you can't be putting yourself behind when you have Alexander Ovechkin in your division, Sidney Crosby in your division, the Islanders playing well, the Devils playing well, Carolina still looks like they they want to win the division, which they probably will this year because they turn it on in, in March. And then the Rangers are going to be outside looking in going, hey, maybe we could get a wild card spot. No, that's not the answer. It, that just, just, you, they, they gotta. Oh, I'm, I'm losing. Chris, my they got. They got to win. I mean, Ottawa twice in Chicago. You need. You need six points. It's just you need six you, points. You can't. You you can't get anything less than six here. You but can't. here's my question. Here's my question. If they do go zero and three, for instance, or one and two, is that when they have to make the move? You have to let Turco. I I would I would think it would be, but I I'm kind of with Anthony where I don't know if it's going to happen, but. I will say this Gallant has gotten himself fired at each of his three previous stops mid season three. And like I said before, it's really hard to do that for an organization. So if this organization starts to see what those others were seeing, you know, what's going to stop them from doing that then at that point, I mean, Hartford is not exactly uh, a great, great team. They're, they're, they're okay. But I mean, and you got a guy that said that he wanted to coach an original six team out there. You also have Rick talking out there. There are guys out there that they could hire. And I don't know if Barry just wants to uproot himself in the middle of the season, but you got to, I mean, if this team wants a disciplinarian and Dolan says, go get me a guy that's going to get me a cup in a couple of years. I mean, that that's the guy you would have to pull a trigger on it. Here's a, here's a name that people aren't mentioning enough. Chris Doblock. Bring him up. You're already paying him. You don't That's have to go out to the if that does happen. Yeah. But I mean, there's it, again, it's it's almost like you're you're trying to see whether or not this team can cure itself. I don't know if it can. So right now they got a disease. Let's take a couple questions. We have about five more minutes we can go. And it's an actual five, maybe even less than that. I'm actually clicking on for the first time right here. Actually, this is a great this is a great example, guys. Upstate Isle. Gallant wins games, not championships. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with that. I mean, he came Ooh. close that one time. Otherwise, he hasn't come close, and he hasn't looked good. Anthony, is this true? That? Yeah. Yeah. Um, d- when I guess Trotz, um, one of the last interviews he did with an outlet, he said that, uh, um, you know, no one's called Lou to ask for any permission. So I, I do think Lou would have to give permission to whatever team to uh, essentially free Trotz. So I, I didn't I, see anything about that. I don't know. I don't know if you would do that for the for the Rangers, but I mean, I really don't well, know. Technically speaking, when guys are fired, that the uh, you have to actually ask permission from the other yes. team. Yeah, yeah. 
Or you could be a coach in the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time when the team looks like they're going to win a championship in 54 years and negotiate your way out of town with Detroit and St. Louis. But, oh, you know, Mike Keenan. Oh, Mike Keenan. Fucking Mike Keenan. And then I got I got friends of mine yelling at me, telling me on oh, now uh, they need a guy like Keenan. Yeah, a guy that quit on them. It's never for, ne- Ranger fans never forget that. He, he quit on them. Pete is saying this right here. Gallant's flame burns bright early, but man, it fades quick. And that is true. That is unfortunately very, very true. And right now, my my Budweiser light is starting to go off. Uh, that's interesting. That's yeah. Uh, I, no, I, I got a um, blast on this one. The, the, the Bridgeport Islanders beat writer tweeted, uh, Atu Roddy does not appear to be in Bridgeport's lineup tonight. Um, and then Stefan Rosner covers the Islanders, retweeted it, said, could be something, could be nothing. Isles on ice tomorrow morning for practice. So, ooh, um, I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it has to do like anything trade related, but I do think it may mean he may be getting a recall. Which wow, if that's if that's the case, that's that's actually good news for the Islanders. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably it's probably more so for a uh, for an injury because Bailey was out last night with a upper body, which is why Ross Johnston played. And then during the game, uh, Cal Clutterbuck left early, so he might not. So he might be unavailable. So uh, looks like um, Rat Ratu might be getting might be coming up. Well, 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 that would be his first official NHL game, right? Yeah, he's never he's never played uh, an NHL game yeah. before. He was actually pretty good. Um, he was pretty good in the preseason. I uh, was at the game against the Devils. I think he had like yeah. three um, yeah, it, will, it will be interesting to see him if he if he does get recalled. Al, Al, by the way, it's great to see you. I haven't been able to see you in a while, but I got to tell you this. I want Tony D'Angelo nowhere near the New York Rangers. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I, again, but it's just Tony D'Angelo was one of those guys I said was going to be dealt. The writing was on the wall. Same thing with Buchnevich, unfortunately. But, um... Holmstrom has looked terrible in his, in his couple games. Uh, better than JGP. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's looked terrible. Holmstrom's the type of player where he's not. He doesn't wow you. He doesn't. He's not flashy. I think he did. I think he's done a lot of the little things good. Like I, I think he's he's been good along the wall. Um, he's been in position. So I, I don't. I don't agree with that. I just think, like I said, he's not flashy. He's not going to make you jump out of your seat. So, but I, I don't think he's looked out of place. Mike is saying Galan is better with teams that are a mishmash than a team with established players. Actually, the way that I'll say it with you is Galant is an underdog coach. And as soon as he's got a team with expectations, that's that's not good. Because then the team has to try to replicate things. And uh, I mean, I, I looked, I, I was talking to you guys. I looked at the Rangers schedule and it's just... Oh, good, Jimmy Vesey on the first line again. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for uh, for sandpaper <laughs> and Anthony, but problem is that Jimmy Vesey is getting 16 to 18 minutes a game, and you're not using all the other guys. You want to yeah. say if you want to say in your case Vesey's out playing Lafreniere, that's a big problem. If you're yeah. saying that Lafreniere is getting less ice time for Jimmy Vesey, 
that's another big problem. You got to do both yep. on this. Uh, VC has no business on the first line, though. I'll say that. Yeah. Or here's another guy, just like Paul Maurice. Uh, Wicked is that saying to me, at best, Holmstrom is Bailey last year's version, which to me isn't good. Anthony? Yeah. I, I see the, I, I could see Simon, Simon Holmstrom being a Josh Bailey type player, like, you know, kind of vanilla, just, you know, maybe 40 point player, maybe 50 point as a, as a career high, but, you know, solid enough in all three zones. Like I said, I, I think he was a little bit of a reach when the Islanders took him that year in, in the first round. Um, so I'm, I don't have high expectations for him. Um, so I, I think he's going to be like a third line player personally. Uh, I got I got the uh, the sex bots that are coming in right now. Um, so, but Anthony, so you're talking about reaches, right? Because we were supposed to mention them tonight, and then we didn't. But uh, Vitaly Kratsov, he's gotten no time <laughs> with the New York Rangers. Granted, unlike Kako and Lafreniere, I don't see anything with Kratsov. I don't even that, see the potential. But let's get over that. So the Rangers take Vitaly Kratsov in nine, and then Evan Bouchard, Oliver Wallstrom, and Noah Dobson go next. That that's like that was one of those first guess mistakes when it happened with me. <laughs> that's like I said, that tweet I sent you from that Ranger fan. That's uh, yeah, taking Kratsov over Dobson and and Wallstrom um, is you know <laughs> not a good look. Uh, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I mean, as I'm turning on I'm the game right now awesome. so that way I can get it on in there. But um we'll go like we'll go like another couple more minutes. But yeah, yeah by I the way, a, Anthony. Okay. Well, actually, yeah. in that case, then we'll just get out of here. Because by the way, I didn't get to tell you guys the news that I'm gonna be going to Chicago to go catch the Rangers versus uh the Blackhawks in three weeks. So that's oh, I nice. can't wait to see Chicago Stadium for the first time. I'm going to be going with Pete, uh, nice. my buddy that lives down there. Puck yeah, and uh, it's going to be a great time. So hopefully, you know, right. we got to see more away rigs. So. Yeah. All right, guys. So we do have to cut this all one off a little bit early. Actually, not really early. It's 129. We're probably going to do more times around 5:30, especially if there's a game that night. So guys, thank you very much. And unfortunately, we got to cut it off really quick. As the as the dogs are barking, I'm even gonna skip by bye. So hopefully, throw on the Ranger game. Hopefully, I don't know which one to root for. <laughs> I really don't. It's like when you're working with a coworker and you just want him to show up late so that way he can get fired. I mean, it's. But you know what? The Rangers need the win. They got to get the win. So here we go, guys. Rangers Senators coming up right now. Go switch over to MSG. Thank you guys very much for showing for staying with us the entire time. Oh, and of course for you, Pete. Let's go, Canes. <laughs>